the Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, president at Lola Red, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now, please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm indeed Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, I have news right off the press, breaking news, if you will. Those of you who listen regularly to Purse Strings may know that I had the founder and executive director of Women on Twenties on the air just a few weeks ago, Barbara Orvitz Howard is the founder, Susan Aides Stone is the executive director. Both of these women have launched a 10-week grassroots effort to replace Andrew Jackson on the $20 bill with a woman. And today at 9 o'clock, they announced the winner of this online voting that's been 600,000, 600,000 of you out there cast ballots in this online poll to choose the woman to put on the 20. And guess who it is? Harriet Tubman. Harriet Tubman. You may remember Harriet Tubman. She was my vote, actually, so I'm thrilled that she's won it. Uh, But it's not over now. You actually can join in the virtual march to the White House. uh, And I encourage you to use the hashtag, Dear Mr. President, in your messages to uh, really appeal to President Obama to ask the Treasury Secretary uh, to make a motion to put Harriet Tubman on the $20 bill. Uh, And if you want to get into all the ins and outs and why the $20 bill and what did Andrew Jackson ever do to anybody? Well, I encourage you to go to Women on Twenties uh, to check out the story because, you know, Andrew Jackson had issues of his own. Or you could check out Purse Strings from just a few weeks ago when I had Barbara and Susan on the show. So I encourage you Go to womenon20s.org uh, to learn more and get involved. Even though voting is closed and Harriet Tubman is the winner, we still need to get her on the $20 bill. Join in the virtual march at hashtag Dear Mr. President. It's going to be fun. I promise. So glad to have everybody involved in that. Um, so that leads me to today's purse strings profile, which is the Nicole Miller Networker. She's a woman in her late 40s to 50s, self-employed, running her own small to mid-sized company, working, of course, full-time and probably then some, and with kids in high school and college. More than 1.5 million of these women out there, uh, influenced by fashion, likes to stand out in a crowd, considers herself to be ambitious and motivated, and if she's got her own mid-sized company, you can imagine she's also a workaholic and very, very good at juggling various tasks. She lives in the moment and takes advantage of life, she says, but values quality things. She's willing to spend a little bit more money for those qualities. Quality goods, and she's open to trying new things. She likes to experiment. Uh, she's fine with change, novelty, switching things up. She'll switch new stores. She'll go out and try new brands. So, speaking of brands, where can you find her shopping? She's going to be shopping at Williams Sonoma and Taylor Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom's are all big. She's driving a Toyota, a Volvo, or a Lexus, as a matter of fact. And Ralph Lauren and Taylor Calvin Klein are all big when it comes to clothing. Now, uh, she's reading an eclectic mix of magazines, whether it be Arc Digest, People, In 
and Style, Better Homes and Garden, Entrepreneur Magazine, for example. Uh, she's online getting her news at CNN. She's watching a little HBO and TLC. And, of course, she, like everybody else, is watching the Food Network and HGTV. Um, so I encourage you to check out our networker. And, of course, uh, my guest today knows a lot about women. In fact, his entire consultancy is called Why, the letter Why Women. And if you are a frequent listener to Purse Strings, you'll recognize the name. Jeffrey Tobias Halter has been on before. We've uh, had the pleasure of talking to Jeffrey previously about the importance of men and women's professional lives to help them up the ladder. And I'm just thrilled to have him on today to talk about a brand new book that he's penned. It's been a nine-month process, he was telling me. Very similar to birthing a child, although let me be the first to say he didn't say it was just like birthing a child, but very, very similar. Um, And before uh, he launched his consultancy a number of years ago, Jeffrey uh, was the director of diversity business development at Coke, and he's worked with a myriad of clients like GE and Deloitte and Walmart that go on and on and on. The book, Why Women? The Leadership Imperative to Advancing Women and Engaging Men. Um, I do encourage you to tweet uh, at Jeffrey during the show if you uh, want to. Use the hashtag Why Women Book, hashtag Why Women Book, and uh, do follow along. Follow the bouncing ball. So more from Purse Strings when we return. I promise it's going to be a lot of fun. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point click and it's live in real time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Retan. Welcome back. Joining me today is a frequent guest to Purse Strings, Jeffrey Tobias Halter. He's a consultant and gender strategist and the president 
president of Y, the letter Y Women. It's a strategic consulting company focused on helping men and women to understand and unleash the power of women in organizations. And Jeffrey has a brand new book out called Why Women. That would be W. H-Y Women, the leadership imperative to advancing women and engaging men. And by the way, if you're listening, do hashtag this on Twitter, hashtag Why Women Book, hashtag Why Women Book as we move along. And uh, Jeffrey will probably tweet you back. Jeffrey, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Maria, for having me. I'm thrilled to have you on. I know this book has been a labor Mm -hmm. of love and maybe just a labor in general, but uh, so well worth it. The book, I have. you sent me a copy. I'm thrilled to have it. Um, it's just a really great book. I love how you laid it out. Um, you have summary points after each chapter. Very easy to pick up and incorporate by the reader. And of course, the reader, um, I know the intended reader is that person inside an organization, men or women, uh, who's looking to uh, understand why advancing women is so critical to, to their business and frankly, to the future of our overall U.S. economy. Uh, But Uh before we get into details of that, how's the book going? I know it just launched. Yeah, now, you know, it's so funny. The response has just been overwhelming. Um, It it is literally the right book at the right time. We've been talking for 15 years about advancing women. And uh, the role of male advocacy in that has kind of come to the forefront in the last three or four years. You know, you're just not going to drive systemic change for women without getting men engaged because they're still 86% of senior leadership. But what is happening is uh, organizations are realizing that programs are not driving progress. And so everyone is realizing at the same time, the last linchpin to success is male engagement. And so uh, it's, it has been a long time coming, but a lot of organizations are aligned right now around, uh, you know, gosh, we get this, we've got to get men engaged. And what it is, it, it, it's really a playbook, beginning to end, here's how you do it, because it's a very complex subject for most organizations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, because it requires change, right? Anytime you're dealing with change, it, it, it's complex. And I know you built your consultancy around this idea of championing women and leadership pos- uh, positions. You speak all over the country on this topic. And, you know, you were the head of diversity at Coke. I'm curious how much of your experiences led you to focus on the impact of what you're calling male gender blindness and male cultural norms, which, frankly, we could say, our corporate cultural norms, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're, we're, it's kind of a, a catch-22 for women. You know, the, the problem with uh, male gender blindness is companies have done a good job getting women in the door. So leaders look around and see a lot of women and believe that they're actually doing a good job. Well over 50% of senior leaders believe their organization has done a great job promoting women. What they're not looking at is where the women are in the organization, which is pretty marginalized into middle management. And so they're not even seeing this challenge. And it's compounded by a couple of factors. One is men and women are having very different experiences in the workplace. But I'll be the first to tell you men are absolutely afraid to engage in this conversation. We see very little upside. And so, you know, at best, I might drive a little more productivity for my team or a little more innovation. 
at worst, I will say the wrong thing, and God forbid I get a call from HR. Mm. And so organizations are literally ignoring the most significant dynamic in any meeting room in the country, which is the gender of your workforce, basically because men are afraid to have a conversation. Well, and that's having a huge impact on the bottom line because we know the two are tied, right? There's a business imperative to having women in leadership positions, and it's imperative for men to become champions. So how can men become champions, Jeffrey? Yeah, and here's what's really fascinating. You know, for men to become advocates for women, it's a head and heart connection. That says about 75% of it is I need to know the business rationale. You know, you're show focuses every week on the purchasing power of women about growing revenue. The other side of that coin in organizations is how do I increase engagement? How do I get more work out of talent? And by the way, today that talent is, you know, women and minorities. And then what are the structures and processes to support that? You know, because at the end of the day, as a man, I need to know that I am not doing some soft, fluffy women's thing, that there's a business imperative there. And so that's kind of the, you know, literally 80% of the book talks about the business case because men need to see the facts and data and literally be overwhelmed by it. Then the heart piece of this really comes from a personal connection. And the men around the country who are true advocates for women have this personal connection. They have a working uh, mother, potentially. They have a working spouse, they have a working sister, or quite frankly, they have a daughter. And she is coming home and asking, Dad, you know, Dad, were you aware that these situations existed? And, you know, the fathers of daughters coming home, sitting at the table and asking their dads, what are you doing about this? Has mm-hmm. a tremendous effect of driving that epiphany. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it become, it has to become really personal for them, it seems like, while also making the business case. So it has to, as to your point, head and heart have to get involved, uh, if that's clear. So with all that said, if you could drill down to the number one barrier for women to getting into the C-suite, forget, you know, as you said, they're mired in middle management. So we Mm want to see more women represented at the highest levels of of companies. What would you say is the number one barrier? Is it that men aren't champions? (laughs) You know, it's a fascinating question because there is no one answer. If there was one answer, we would have solved this years ago. I, I think it's a combination of things, but I would say the most significant one is women are just not having the operating role experiences that men are. You know, if you think about the C-suite, there's, you know, 13 to 15 people sitting there. There's probably six staff people. And, you know, a lot of uh, chief people officers are women. Chief legal counsel might be women. But the real power players in the C-suite came from the field. They came from sales. They came from supply chain. They came from P&L role and operations. As you start to unpack what I call the field factor, the field is tough. I was in the field for 20 years. The field is tough for men, and the field is really tough for women. And so these operating roles become critical to driving women into the C-suite with the breadth of experience they need. If you look at the current 26 sitting CEOs who are women in this country, 23 of them came out of operations, and the other three had to take an operating role before they got to the C-suite. 
um, to get that CEO job. And so in addition to, you know, the STEM and, and, and fulfilling this, we have to find ways to move in women into significant field roles so that they can have the breadth of experience needed to get to the, to get to the C-suite. So you mentioned women are in middle management. If they're not getting that operational experience in middle management, uh, you know, do they, they, they start, well, they start to bail out at some point in middle management. We know that their numbers start to dwindle. There's mm-hmm. lots of reasons why that is, right? They might have kids, they work life balance is a challenge, their spouse works, there's, mm-hmm. they're not advancing as quickly. There's a myriad of reasons. So yep. what you're talking about is this lack of maybe this experience in operations. What's going to get companies to, to get women out of that middle management rut and, and move them along. It has to be, I have to imagine, a really thoughtful process for that to happen. Well, you know, it's two things, really. One is, uh, I would say the, the progressive companies have that thoughtful process, and they're putting it in place through very sophisticated succession planning, through the recruitment and advancement of women early in their career. Um, I work with one client, a major CPG company. I, I can't share their name because it's confidential. But they're actually recruiting women uh, MBAs, and they're putting them on rapid accelerator programs uh, so that once they reach their 30s, they are actually at a director level already. And it's a little easier to have a family, have some flexibility to start your family, and then get in and stay in on the career track. But here's the real dilemma, and I call it the corporate tsunami of women. What organizations don't realize is that talent today looks significantly different than it did just 10 years ago. 85% of new entries into the workforce are women and minorities. Additionally, millennials, who we think are kids, are now turning 30. So your entry-level managers, soon to be your lid-level managers, are millennials. And then the third aspect is this notion of multicultural. We cannot homogenize women without having a conversation around their culture as well, because a multicultural woman is nothing like her multicultural mom. A boomer woman is nothing like her uh, millennial daughter. And so, you know, this, our tendency is to homogenize, and, and you're an expert in marketing and you know how that works, um, when it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So you've got this massive wave of people who look different compounded by the fact that women are getting 58% of the bachelor's and 60% of the master's. And so if you want a young, educated workforce, oh, by the way, it's female. Mm -hmm. And then the last element is 10,000 boomers a day are leaving the workforce. And that's the sea change. Primarily older white men. Now, granted, they have significant organizational experience but I don't think people realize, I'm working with a client right now, 40% of, his, of their workforce is retiree eligible in two years. Wow. And so this exodus of boomers compounded by a workforce that looks significantly different than their senior leadership team is what's driving companies to really get engaged now. Well, they have to. They're losing all their people, right? And all these people are coming in, as you said, that look different and they don't know how to react to them, which leads me to my next question. Is this something that HR departments are equipped to address um, or 
do you feel like this is something that's a top-down thing, that it's the C-suite, it's the CEO, it's, it's the COO, it's those people that are saying, wait a minute, we have to do this differently uh, because the future of our, of our company is at risk if we don't, if we don't change and adapt to this, this corporate tsunami that you described. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the answer is both. And that is, um, you know, there has never been a greater time in business history for HR to have a strategic seat at the leadership table uh, because organizations need to understand these numbers and they need to internalize them. I'll give you an example of that. I work with a client who uh, was challenged with succession planning. They took a room in their company and they put up the pictures of the top 50 leaders in the company. Then they put up the next two people who were likely successors and they brought the CEO in. And looking back at him were about 135 white faces. And it is such a visual impact that leaders have to be engaged in succession planning. The second thing, though, is you need active vocal advocacy at the top of the organization. Companies are living, breathing organisms, and they know in a nanosecond, if we're doing this women's thing to satisfy some check-the-box activity, or if senior leadership is genuinely committed to doing this because it's a business imperative uh, or a leadership imperative. And so uh, it, it really takes both. And, and I'll tell you the third part of it is we need to engage every manager in the organization, including middle managers. You know, the, the poor middle manager today um, is just in a pressure cooker. He's getting pressure from above. He's getting pressure from his people. Uh, and, and he or she is just being run at a relentless pace. And so how do we come up with solutions that we can incorporate into their existing agenda as opposed to layering one more thing on top of them? And so that's where organizations have to get very smart about talking about the business case every day. So it's not we're asking you to do this women's thing. We're asking you to just incorporate this into your daily process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because this women thing should be your daily process. Frankly, it should be your new way of doing business. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Um, Jeffrey, we're going to take a quick break and we come back. Um, you talk about creating an action, pl- a critical action plan to tackle mm-hmm. what you call the integrated women's leadership strategy. And I want you to explain a little bit about what that is. And um, and I also want to remind everybody that's listening, do hashtag why women book, hashtag why women book. And Jeffrey uh, can tweet you back. So stick around. Purse Strings returns in just a moment. Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. 
Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. I'm really thrilled today to have Jeffrey Tobias Halter on the show. He's the president of Why Women and the author of a brand new book called Why Women, the Leadership Imperative to Advancing Women and Engaging Men. Follow along on Twitter at hashtag WhyWomenBook. And we've talked about a myriad of things in the last 20 minutes, including the corporate tsunami of hugely a number of female employees coming into the workforce. Their millennials are going into management, the multicultural issues that we're facing, and the fact that Get this, 10,000 boomers a day are leaving the workforce. Lots of change, Jeffrey, which is why you talk about creating an action plan to tackle the integrated women's leadership strategy. Will you talk a little bit about what this is? Yeah, certainly. And the important part is organizations know how to do this. They just need to reframe the conversation. We need to stop thinking, and, and you talk about this on your show all the time, women are not a niche. You know, women are the majority market. So if we think about a true leadership imperative, you are going to source that, and you are going to put hundreds of thousand dollars, if not millions of dollars against it. You are going to have measures. You're going to have metrics. You're going to hold people accountable. And what's really fascinating is when it comes to women's leadership, you know, we're scared to measure anything. We're, we're scared to, to mention, to measure retention, retraction, uh, and, and a whole host of metrics. We measure everything in the organization, but we choose not to measure this. And, and I think it's because most companies don't know what to do about it because it is such a sophisticated, challenging problem. What they need to do is treat this just like a new product launch or a new business acquisition. They need to source it and staff it with their best people put together strategies that their company is good at, and then, quite frankly, fund it appropriately like you would any other new initiative in the company. And then finally, measure it, metric it, and hold people accountable and have the CEO talking about it from the mountaintops. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know you, you you are a huge supporter of this, you know, the men being champions of women inside companies, women, men sponsoring women at all levels throughout companies, uh, really getting women to that that next level in their career. But a lot of women are saying, you know, I'm tired of waiting on my sponsor because a lot of these <laughs> companies aren't, right? And they're banding together with other women to try to enact the change that they want to see. 
Legacy. I know that you and I had a good discussion about this before, and I know it's featured in mm-hmm. one of your chapters. Talk a little bit about the power of multiple women, and is it enough to get the job done, or do you feel they really need men involved in some way? And I think I know your answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you know, women can be as successful as they want to be. As long as men are still 84% of senior leadership, you're not going to drive significant change. And I think that's the key word, significant change in organizations without male engagement. And so, you know, there's a whole notion around uh, mentors, advocates, and sponsors, uh, and, and, and that tends to be more individual. What I would say is take a broader brush. And, you know, sadly, I hate to put one more thing on women's plates, but women need to invite men into this conversation. And my belief is in any organization, there are about 20% of men, believe it or not, who are ready and willing to help you, but we don't know what you want us to do. And so invite us into this conversation. And I'll tell you, they're the good managers out there. They understand the business case for women. They're the people everybody wants to work for. But, and I talked about this earlier, the, the real key for them is they're a father of a daughter who realize their responsibility. And, you know, it's funny. I talk to a lot of boomer men. And, and by and large, we try to be great fathers. Uh, you know, whether it was sports or dance or, or music, we supported our daughters, we coached, we went to recitals, we made sure they went to great schools. And then the day our daughter graduates and makes 78 cents to my son, who went to the same college, I choose to do nothing. When, in fact, I need to be outraged. And I believe if you really want to drive systemic change in organization, you don't just need a, a group of angry, passionate women. You need a group of angry, passionate fathers mm-hmm. and daughters who want to step up to this challenge. And believe it or not, we're out there. Sadly, you have to invite us in. Mm-hmm. All right. We need to do that. Which leads me to one of my final questions. You know, you put this book out. You, I mean, as I mentioned, you go all over the country. You talk about this. You talk about the problem. You talk about the solutions. This book is filled with solutions. I encourage everyone to pick it up because it's really fundamentally things that you can enact tomorrow. What is the true measure of whether your book is a success? I have a feeling it's not simply sales. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's certainly not. It's about driving conversation in organizations. I just want to increase our dialogue. You know, I started this interview by saying men are afraid to have this conversation. And, and what are we losing as organizations and teams by not engaging in the dialogue? The numbers are going to solve themselves. You know, women will achieve parity in the C-suite in 2047. Um, I would tell you success would look like, can we cut that? I don't know, by maybe 20 years. That'd be Um, great. That certainly (laughs) certainly seems reasonable to me. Um, uh, So, uh, you know, success is is more women in C-suite. Success is uh, closing the the wage gap for women. Um, Success is, um, you know, having millennials, uh, both men and women, engage in this conversation. And I think it's going to happen over time. The challenge is, where's the sense of urgency? Mm -hmm. And that's what really needs, you know, if if you ask me what does success look like, we have a sense of urgency in this dialogue and this discussion, as opposed to just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. Because it's going to cure itself, um, but it's going to take far longer than it should. 
Yeah. And yeah, business well, leaders, the, we should be ashamed. Well, and the urgency, I mean, the number you threw out at 10,000 boomers a day leaving the workforce, there's your urgency right there, right? Because women, uh, multicultural women are re- replacing a lot of those workers, not at the highest of levels yet, but they've got to come from somewhere. And as you mentioned, more women than men are graduating from college advanced degrees. And so it's got to get real, real fast. You know, one more thing I want to note is today I I saw the news that Ogilvy PR is helping the Women's Forum with their corporate board initiative. They're going out and trying to support increasing the number of qualified women on corporate boards. Uh, Right now, as I know you know, Jeffrey, women only hold 16% of Fortune 500 corporate board seats. And Mm -hmm. um, they're getting super serious about it. It's exciting to see. I'll be interested to see uh, what happens with that initiative. But it's just Mm -hmm. another example of, you know, organizations are having these discussions and it is becoming top of mind. And um, you can't sit back and just watch everybody else deal with it. You've got to deal with it yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if I could share one more thing, if you have time, um, I'm actually on my way to Salt Lake City right now to engage in an initiative the state of Utah is doing. And it's an opt-in strategy modeled after the state of Massachusetts. And I can't think of two states, you know, more diametrically opposed in their mm-hmm. values and, and systems, but it is a combination of government and business working together to opt in. And they both, both states have over a hundred companies uh, signed up to participate. And it's all about doing five to six things to advance women but in both government and the workforce. And it is totally voluntary. It is a model of bipartisanship, and it is a model of government and business working together. And I think both of these states are really on the cutting edge of, of something a lot of other states are going to have to adopt and will. Oh, that's so exciting. Jeffrey, good luck. Good luck Thanks. there. And uh, that, that's thrilling to hear. And before you leave, you have to remind everyone where they can pick up a copy of the book. Oh, certainly. Uh, everybody's favorite shopping place, Amazon.com. Uh, why Women, uh, W-H-Y <laughs> Women. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and uh, right. you know, please. And, and you know, even it's, it's, it's funny, Maria, even more than selling books, I, wanna, I want a conversation. And so, you know, this is on the back of every book. Um, email me your comments. You know, send me an email, uh, jthalter at the letter ywomen.biz. Um, I want to know your challenges. I want to know your successes. You know, w- w- we need to celebrate success in this space and organizations that are doing it well. And so, you know, my whole role in this is just to engage the conversation and, and elevate the dialogue. Yeah. Appreciate all that effort. And I do, though, encourage people to pick up the book because it will help have the dialogue. And again, very implementable ideas. So everyone, again, it's Why Women, the Leadership Imperative to Advancing Women and Engaging Men. And you can learn more about Jeffrey and his consultancy at the letter whywomen.biz. Jeffrey, thank you so much for being on the show and, and continued success with the book and the conversation starter. Thank you, Maria. You bet. And thanks to my producer, John, today for another great show. Join me right here next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. 
we welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.